When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy, on now at APCO. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Daniel Pedro with you on this 9th of August 2022. Good to be back with you through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SEN 693, SEN Q693 AM in Brisbane, at SCN 1620 AM Gold Coast. Good to be back with you after the Commonwealth Games uh, almost finished. The closing ceremony just about to take place now. Uh, actually, Melissa Wu going to be the flag bearer for the Australian team. Another very successful Commonwealth Games and another gold medal overnight as well. Thanks to the Kookaburras. So we'll update you with the final medal tally a little later on in the show. But another successful Commonwealth Games for our Australian team. So congratulations to them. And as I say, the closing ceremony getting underway as we speak. So well done to everyone involved in our Commonwealth Games coverage. But good to be back with you over the course of the next hour. The number hasn't changed. one 1170 You can text 0457 736 736. Lots around today as well, including we're looking at an earlier kickoff to the NRL season. Next year, more on that. Ricky Stewart, his punishment, uh, looking to be a bit more closer, may even be handed down today. Your thoughts on that? And also over the course of the next hour, it's been a big weekend, first weekend of the English Premier League. So going to catch up with uh, tradies football expert Jonathan Gallo. He'll join me in about 15 minutes to talk about some interesting results over the weekend. And Chris Perkins in America will join us to talk all things American sport as well. So lots to get through. one 1170 is the phone number. You can text 0457 736 736. It's 2 past 5. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a Rheem today. Yeah, lots has happened over the past 10 or 11 days since we last spoke. The NRL really heating up. A few teams... Uh, playing probably better than we expected. A few teams in the top eight that weren't uh, when we last spoke. And a couple of teams probably out of contention for the top eight. But we'll talk more about that over the next few days. And, of course, look more at the NRL round coming up a little later on. Let's have a look what's making news, though, today. And back page of the Sydney Morning Herald today is a very interesting one. And it says the NRL is set to play its longest season ever by starting next year's competition a week earlier. So looking at kicking things off in February uh, now. So that would actually be a couple of weeks earlier than this year. Um, and giving each club three buys in a grueling 27-round regular season. So we know the Dolphins are coming into the competition next year. So we are going to have buys throughout the competition. But now the NRL looking at February. Under the proposal by the NRL, the first round could start as early as March 2, uh, with the competition running uh, uh, running until the traditional grand final held on the October long weekend. 
The introduction of the Dolphins, the NRL's newest franchise, has created scheduling uh, complexities, and according to sources familiar with the situation, League Central has floated the prospect of starting just days after the end of summer. The potential new start date would be the earliest the NRL has ever kicked off in recent history, with the start of a new broadcast rights agreement which will run until 2027 and be forthright before the AFL begin and be a fortnight sorry before the AFL begins it comes with the NRL still exploring the viability of the 2023 season starting with a historic fixture to be played in the United States likely to feature Manly and South Sydney now that story in itself has been around for months I remember talking about it in uh, March or April of this year if the NRL were to follow through with plans to have its opening game in Australia on the first weekend in March it would mean the American game would have to be played in the week beforehand in February. Both clubs would then be given a fortnight before the ne- their next game to allow them to travel home and recover. So, yeah, February kickoff, if that was to happen, that American game that they're talking about. Now, the controversial 27-round plan is being underpinned by each club being given three buys, meaning all will still play 24 games during the regular season. Um, it is not the only format being discussed, but has been shared with clubs before the NRL takes feedback. The current 16-team competition features a 25-round regular season, as we know, with each club having one bye, uh, as we know, of course, Origin returning to Wednesday as well. Uh, the proposal has been spoken about by several clubs, which are already contending with a crowded preseason and the late return of players from the World Cup. The annual All-Stars fixture is usually played in the second week of February, and the NRL has considered moving that a week earlier too. All right, what do we think? The NRL kicking off um, in well, on March 2 if it's a normal game and a week earlier if that game between Manly and South Sydney uh, does take a place in America. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 I mean, we were in a position this year where, yes, the NRL season didn't kick off until uh, early mid-March. But we did have every single game of the preseason televised on Fox Sports, Fox League and and KO, and no one seemed to mind that. People enjoyed having Rugby League on the screens. I suppose the difference this year is that we do have a World Cup beginning, I think it's the 15th of October, that runs until around the 18th, 19th of November. So you're beginning these players back, then obviously... The players take breaks for Christmas and New Year. They have two or three weeks off. You would imagine the players from the World Cup teams wouldn't even return probably to training before Christmas. So you'd be getting those players back at the start of January, start to mid-January with the kickoff of the season a month or so away. Uh, and trials would then be earlier, you would imagine. Um, you could be seeing trial matches at the start of January or the end of January. Thoughts 0457 736 736. And also this game that has been floated in America, Manly um, Manly and South Sydney. Look, I, I appreciate it. it's a good idea to promote the game, but is anyone really fussed if we play a game in America or not? I mean, it'd be great to see um, and it'd be great to be able to go there if you're a fan of one of those two teams and you could afford to do so. But um, uh, whether this happens or not, who knows? But anyway, uh, longer season next year. 27 rounds potentially kicking off in February. Your thoughts? Do we need that longer season?
Um, obviously, as I say, with the Dolphins coming in, it does change things up. Your thoughts, 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. Now, Ricky Stewart, meantime, uh, he is set to be stood down from coaching this weekend after opening up to the NRL Integrity Union after why he labelled Penrith Panthers uh, player Jamin Salmon a weak gutted dog. Now, the NRL has launched its investigation into Stewart's post-match comments. Head of Integrity Jason King interviewed the Raiders coach for 25 minutes on Monday morning. Uh, King also spoke for 15 minutes with Canberra Chief Executive Don Furner. Now, reported in today's Telegraph, the NRL is expected to announce a one-week suspension and a $20,000 fine for Stewart's explosive comments following Saturday's loss to the Panthers. Raiders management has also offered Stewart the opportunity to stand down for a match. Now, Stewart said, I've spoken to Jason King from the Integrity Unit confidentially. I've given him the reasons behind my comments. I don't want to comment any further. So, looking like a $20,000 fine for Ricky Stewart and a one-week suspension. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter put yesterday, and and it has divided people, this story, whether he should be suspended for the rest of the season, whether he should be getting nothing. I think he should be getting probably more than what he is apparently going to be getting. And I saw someone last night put on Twitter, and it was a pretty good point, that a one-match suspension is what a coach kind of has when um, they have COVID. They miss a week at the moment with the rules. So he's going to miss a week um, due to those comments and a $20,000 fine, but that's it. Is that hard enough? I, I, I don't think so. one three hundred oh one. 1170 or 0457736736. I, I couldn't believe when I heard those comments on Saturday night from Ricky Stewart um, in a press conference, which where it basically really came out of nowhere. Uh, I think he should be getting a lot long, a lot more than a $20,000 fine and definitely a lot more than a one week suspension. And then the Raiders saying that he can stand down for a week. Well, that's fine if he really wants to do that, but it shouldn't really be his choice. And and the Raiders are saying they're not going to impose any further sanctions on Ricky Stewart. But that, I think, is not punishment enough one week and $20,000. Uh, I've never, and I've followed rugby league for the best part of 25 years, I've never, ever heard um, that said at a press conference or anything like it at all. So to just be getting one week and $20,000, I think is a little uh, weak. But 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 And the ARL Commission is set to keep Brisbane and Sydney waiting as they delay a decision on the site for this year's grand final while they hold last-ditch talks with the NRL uh, with the New South Wales government over funding for suburban grounds. The Commission met yesterday morning where they were expected to make a call on the host city. But rather than announcing whether Sydney and Brisbane would be given the honour, they opted to resume talks with the New South Wales government aimed at resolving a spat over the promised investment in Four Pines Park on Sydney's northern beaches, Points Bet Stadium, Cronulla and Leichhardt Oval. Uh, now, it's understood ARL Commission Chair Peter Volandis and NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo also held talks with the New South Wales Sports Minister on Monday. So we still don't know where this grand final is going to be. Further talks are expected to be held in coming days as the commission looks to make a call on the grand final by the end of the week. Volandis confirmed the commission met on Monday morning but wanted to make more time, take more time before declaring a host city for the game showpiece event. 
Melandi said yesterday we had a pretty good meeting and went through everything. The board has decided that no decision will be made. We have further meetings with the government and we want to see where we get to with them. We're sorting through it. Hopefully a, re a resolution will be found. But as you can see, uh, we go to great lengths to protect the game. We will do what is best for the game. Don't worry about that. So we wait and see whether the grand final is going to be in New South Wales or Queensland. I still think it will be in New South Wales. I wish they would make a decision uh, for clarity for fans. And obviously tickets would, uh, it, I imagine tickets would usually be on sale by now for the grand final. So still no decision on that. The West Tigers has all, have also uh, dropped their case. They're not going to uh, be shooting legal uh, to get those two uh, down, down the legal route to get those two points back from the Cowboys again. More on that as well. Kookaburras win gold as well. Uh, the final gold medal for Australia will update you on the final medal tally as the closing ceremony gets underway as well. So plenty on our agenda this morning. 0457 736 736 1300 01 70. An NRL season potentially kicking off in February with Manly and South Sydney to feature in the United States to maybe kick it off. 27-round uh, season, but all games, all teams only playing 24. Are you happy with the longer season, earlier preseason, at the back end of a very long season this year with the World Cup? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Ricky Stewart fined, it looks like he's going to be fined $20,000 and a one-match ban. Is that good enough? Are you happy with that? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170 and the grand final. Where do you think it's going to be? New South Wales or Queensland? And are you like me and you just wish to make a decision and get on with it? Plenty on our agenda. 0457-736-736. few texts coming in already. I'll get to them in just a second. 1300-01-1170, the phone number. After this, to your texts. And also, we'll recap the first round of the English Premier League with Jonathan Gallo. We'll do it next. It's Tradies News in a Nutshell at 13 past five. 17 past five, Daniel Pettigrew, back with you. Uh, good to be back as well uh, after the end of the Commonwealth Games. The closing ceremony on at the moment. Australia, another gold medal overnight uh, with the Kookaburras winning their gold medal match. And also, I think, silver and a bronze in the diving as well. We'll get to all of that shortly. We're going to talk EPL in just a second with Jonathan Gallo. But let's go to the open line firstly. one 1170 Dan is on the line from Brisbane. Morning, mate. Morning, how you going? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, just ringing regarding the Ricky Stewart thing. Yep. I just think it's turned into a bit of a storm in a teacup, really. Like, like yeah, fine him. Probably a bit more than 20 grand, but suspend him. I don't know about that. Like, mate, it was a bit of a dog act. He kicked him straight in the groin. Like, the guy needs to... We're just getting a bit soft. You call him a dog. Who cares? Move on. It's not that bad, really. I, I just don't see the... Probably not the ideal place to do it. Like, yeah. I don't agree she should have done it, but seriously, it's just a... I don't know, the media's just jumping up and down, as per usual, but well, and I, I just don't see it's a big deal. I suppose, Dan, as well, that that was probably what you just said at the end of that uh, statement there, probably where he said it and... Um, in that place in a press conference, as I said at the top of the show, Dan, and I know everyone has different opinions on it, and I accept your opinion, and I understand where you're coming from, but I think at a press conference where no one expected him to say anything like that, and I've never seen in a press conference in any sport uh, anywhere in the world, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, a comment like that. So I think, Dan, it's probably not a good look for the NRL, but I understand where you're coming from. You think just a fine and then let him get on with it? 
Well, don't don't make it compulsory for them to go into a pre. If they're hot under the collar, don't make them go in and call Senator Medicine Coach or something. Yeah, well, I did hear that suggestion over the weekend as well, potentially uh, not having the head coaches at various times go and, and do it. I, I suppose um, maybe the media wouldn't like that. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, the NRL might say that you have to do it. I don't know what is exactly in the uh, coaches' uh, rules uh, in terms of doing that. That's but... the problem. The, the, the NRL's a bit of a dictatorship at the moment, and they just, you know, it's their way or the highway. All right, uh, all right, mate. I appreciate your call. What are you up to this early hour of the morning in Brisbane? Off to work, mate. Off to work. Well, have a good day, mate. We'll talk again yeah. soon. Good on you. See ya. Thanks, mate. Uh, you can keep those calls coming in one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Let's switch our attention and to your text as well on oh four five seven seven three six seven three six in just a second as well. But let's turn our attention to the English Premier League because it got underway over the course of the weekend. It was a pretty busy weekend of sport in terms of the Commonwealth Games. We obviously had the local sport here, rugby league and uh, AFL, but the Premier League back underway for another year. And our football expert who will join me on Thursday as well as we'll resume our road to the World Cup. Jonathan Gallows on the line. Morning, John. Morning, Dan. How are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Some interesting results across the weekend. Let's just quickly go through them and I'll get your takes on uh, some of these matches. It started early hours Saturday morning with Arsenal 2 defeating Crystal Palace nil. Liverpool and Fulham. Um, this is an interesting one. We'll start here. A two-all draw. That's a bit of a surprising result, I think, for Liverpool, isn't it? They would have been highly favoured to go on and win that game. Yeah, absolutely. And at one stage, it looked like they could possibly lose the game because uh, Alexander Mitrovic, the uh, the forward for Fulham, got them to 2-1 uh, around the 72-minute mark as well. And it took Mohamed Salah, you know, on the 80th minute to get the equaliser. So very scary time for Liverpool because they were staring down the barrel of a, of a potential defeat. And Jurgen Klopp has come out afterwards, you know, sensationally accusing the attitude of all their players as well, saying it was it was terrible display and very, very poor form from his own players. So, um, yeah, a big a big hiccup early on for Liverpool. Yeah, disappointing for Liverpool there, but well done to Fulham. Uh, Vossi's new team, Bournemouth, had a good win, 2-0 over Aston Villa. That would have been slightly a bit of a surprising result as well. Uh, wouldn't it, John? Everyone's saying Villa, well, not everyone, a lot of people saying Villa uh, is not a, probably a contender to win the title, but they're expected to be in that sort of top four, top six area this year. So to lose their first game to Bournemouth is a bit of a worrying sign. Yeah, and a lot of people have got Bournemouth touted as being one of the uh, the teams to be relegated this season. They came very close last season to be relegated. A lot of people got Bournemouth as one of the three dropping out. And people expecting big things from Villa, as you said, to think, Top eight, top seven is, is what the mark has been from, from Villa. I think Gerard's done very well in the transfer market with some new recruits, and he's obviously got his side playing some really good football that we saw in the off-season here in Australia. So some big things expected from Villa, but you're right, this is a bit of a, a surprise result against Bournemouth. So mm. worrying signs early if you're, if you're a Villa fan. Good news for Newcastle. They got up over Nottingham Forest 2-0. Tottenham, a very good start to their season, 4-1 over Southampton. Yeah, I think Tottenham, it's fair to say, they were probably the one team that was absolutely sensational on the weekend. I think some big things expected from, from Antonio Conte's men. I think top four is what a lot of people have been throwing around when they talk about Tottenham this season. Obviously, Ivan Perisic and Richarlson from Everton coming over with the big two transfers that Conte has done. So expecting big things from Spurs. And, gee, they put it to the sword with uh, Southampton, although Southampton attempted to be one, again, one of the three sides to be relegated in some people's books. So uh, big result from Tottenham, a game they should have won 
and they won with a, with a great result and a great performance. So, uh, yeah, some big things expected from Spurs this season. Leeds United, they were fighting uh, to get out of the relegation zone at the back end of last season a few months ago. They got their season off to a good win, 2-1 over Wolves. Yeah, I think Wolves, again, people talk about Wolves being top six, top seven. I think Leeds United getting the, the win, and that was at home at Ellen Road. So some have expected them to, to put on a better performance. But this is an, another bit of a shock result, too, because I didn't expect Leeds United to get the win there. And they've come out of the season now. The block's really, really well. As I said about last uh, time I was on the show, this American coach is a very good tactician. And I think he's got his side really leveled up now and, and playing some decent football. So uh, great result for Leeds United and a bit of a shock one for, for Wolves. Uh, we had also Chelsea won over Everton nil. What did you make of that result? And where do you put those two teams uh, this season? I expect good things from Everton. I think it, it probably was assumed they probably weren't going to be good enough to beat Chelsea, to be honest. Chelsea, as I said, for me, I think they're going to be a, a real title contender with Man City. I think the fact they've brought Raheem Sterling over from Man City up front, Perisic, Christian Perry, uh, sorry, Pukas as well up front. They've got uh, some really good players in Mason Mount as well. So their, their forward line has just been bolstered with Sterling added to the equation now. Uh, and I think you know, they've obviously got Combelli as well, the, uh, the centre-back. They're in the market for a few more recruits before the, uh, the transfer deadline day as well. So they're spending the money as expected. We know Chelsea's got deep pockets. Everton, I think Frank Lampard's got them playing some good football in the back end of last season. This was a little bit of a, a disappointing start to them. I think they probably would have liked to get a draw at the very least. But look, Chelsea's a, a big force this season. I expect them to be one of the title contenders against City. So uh, a good start for Chelsea. I wouldn't take too much away with Everton. As an Evertonian fan, I think people should still be very happy with uh, with that performance and, and confident going forward for the rest of the season. Leicester City and Brentford had a two-all draw. This other result, Bright, uh, yesterday, I saw bits and pieces of this uh, Manchester. Brighton 2, Man United 1. Gee, that's a disappointing start for Manchester United. And didn't the fans turn on uh, the new manager and uh, the players very, very quickly at Old Trafford yesterday morning our time? Or last, yeah, yesterday morning our time. Yeah, absolutely. It has been a sensational couple of 24 hours if you're a Man United fan. I think, as expected, when you don't get the result and they start the season off on, on poor form with a bad result, it's always going to be the case that people are going to jump up and down, particularly if you're Manchester United. Uh, there's always a little bit of history there in the last couple of years that they have fallen way short of the mark of, of what's expected of them. I think this shows that, uh, like I said last time I was on the show, Dan, I think Man United are, are still a work in progress. And this idea of always, you know, blaming the manager and getting a new manager in. I think they've had six, five or six managers in the last seven seasons. Um, and you can see there's been some real uh, fallout with the players as well. I think you can see Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench. They had a few camera shots of him when he started on the bench and his facial expressions, um, the way he was rolling his eyes when they conceded the goal. Uh, he was really a, a guy that didn't want to really be there. So... For a player who's supposed to be a you know 36, 37 years of age, he's supposed to lead some of these younger players around the park, be a bit of a mentor to some of these young kids as well. He hasn't really uh, stepped up to the mark, Ronaldo. I know there's a lot of conjecture about him, whether he'll stay there for the remaining part of the season. I just can't see it, given his body language. There seems to be a real disconnect between Ronaldo and, and the coaching staff, particularly Ten Hag, who's the manager there. They don't see eye to eye on a lot of things already. So I think you can expect Ronaldo... He has to be heading out the exit door, surely, at United. I think that would be the best outcome for everyone because the more he stays around there kicking stones, the more the focus turns to him rather than the rest of the team. So some big, big early signs, disappointing signs. I just heard on the news about five minutes ago when I woke up that they're in the market for three players, Frankie de Jong, Arian Ribeiro, 
from PSG and uh, Mitrovic from Fulham, who I just mentioned before. Apparently, there's three signings that uh, Ten Hag has taken to the board straight after that loss and said, I need these three players if you want me to be a top four club. Mm. So there's some massive work to do at Man United and uh, some really shaky ground for Ten Hag, the new coach, already. So fans are going to be on his back and uh, he's already on to a shaky start. So, yeah, look, don't take anything away from Brighton, though. I think Brighton is a team that finished ninth in the Premier League last season. Graham Potter... Is a, is a great young English coach coming to the ranks. He's got some playing some wonderful football. If you watched Brighton last season, they caused a few upsets to the top four, top six of the Premier League. And Graham Potter is actually touted as being the next man in charge uh, to take over the England national job should uh, Gareth Southgate be uh, given the sack. Obviously, a lot will depend on how they go in the World Cup, England. So uh, Graham Potter is a young, a young coach coming to the ranks, but gee, he's playing some wonderful football and got a club like Brighton fighting away with some of the biggest clubs last season. So... Uh, to me, it's not too much of a surprise, uh, but I think United at the moment with what's going on in the off-season, all the conjecture around Ronaldo, as I said, they've, uh, they've lost their focus on the games going ahead and they need to reconvene and try to uh, pull up somewhere this season. But I can't see them being a top-four club. I can't even see them being a top-six club, if I'm honest. They're really looking down the barrel of, of a team that's struggling again this season. And the other team in Manchester, they got a good win, 2-0 over West Ham, and it all gets underway again uh, Saturday night, so we'll have a chat about this Thursday when we uh, chat uh, Aston Villa-Everton, the first game, and uh, the next round actually goes all the way up until uh, next Tuesday morning at 5am when Liverpool play Crystal Palace, so a lot more to talk about. Also, uh, when you're with me on Thursday, John, and our road to the World Cup, uh, we're getting a bit closer to it as well, uh, but we will be looking at the next group, which features Australia, so we're actually going to look at France and Australia uh, on our road to the World Cup on Thursday. So looking forward to that. I hope you'll be doing your research, John. Oh, yes, Dan. I'll be uh, definitely doing my research far and wide, as you, as you well know. And, yep. uh, you know, it's taking me down the highways of, of New South Wales, all across to Brisbane, all across down to Melbourne as well. So Very good. the East Coast has been absolutely thrilled with my uh, appearance. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got my Trilby hat on. I've got my notepad at the side of, of, my, uh, of my driver's passenger seat. And, I'm taking some uh, some great notes as I drive down the, uh, the likes of the M1. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm doing a lot of things, Dan. I'm, I'm obviously pulling over, taking notes. Yeah, so I was driving. about to don't, say, don't, don't, don't be take, don't be taking the notes as you're driving. That, no, that probably wouldn't be a no, great idea. No I'm, no, I'm pulling over, and even the policeman who happens to pull me over says, "Mate, you're taking some wonderful notes." on the way you go. So, Brilliant. you know, it's just been a uh, you know, fantastic reception from everybody involved. So we're uh, very happy to contribute my part, Dan, that's for sure. Fantastic. Sounds like to me you're lacking a bit of sleep. But anyway, that is fine. Uh, we, we will chat again. Probably lacking a lot of things, Dan, if you ask a few people, but anyway. We will chat again on Thursday. We'll look at the next round of the Premier League and continue our road to the World Cup. Have a wonderful day, John. Well, you have a wonderful morning, Dan. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Jonathan Gallo, our football expert. We'll talk to him again on Thursday to the text 0457 736 736. This one from Scotty Panther. He says, morning. What would be the penalty if Ricky said this about a ref? I'd imagine the book would be thrown at him. Uh, punishment should be two weeks and a fine and an apology to the Salmon family personally. Well, yeah, uh, th- that's a really interesting point, which I thought about. The other day, actually, Scotty, I I did wonder myself what would happen if he had said that, and I don't know who the referee was from memory, but if he had said that about a referee. Now, we've seen coaches fined for making remarks about how games have been handled. Trent Robinson's been fined a couple of times over the past couple of years, as have other coaches. But, yeah, could you imagine if he had said that about a referee? It would have been completely 
that you would have thought would be completely different to what we're hearing about now. Yeah, really interesting. A really good point, uh, Scotty. And also this one from the Yeovil Treeman uh, saying, Hi, Dan. Good to have you back. Thank you. Good to be back. However, uh, enjoyed the SEN coverage. Uh, it's always worrying when there's a however. No, he said, enjoyed the SEN coverage of the Commonwealth Games. Uh, good to have a range of live sports to listen to on my bus trip. Overall, thought the games were very good. We tend to get to see a lot of team sports on TV. So good to see top-level swimming, athletics, and cycling as well. That from the Yeovil Treeman. Yes, I totally agree. Firstly, SEN's coverage was top-notch. I thought everyone involved did a great job. I had the pleasure of hosting uh, just one off uh, a week or so ago, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, everyone did a fantastic job. And I thought, yeah, the Com Games, very, very uh, good, very uh, exciting and very successful for Australia. And speaking of which, I'll give you a medal telly after the next break. Don't forget, though, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you can win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at iCanWin.com.au. On the other side of this, we'll give you a Com Games medal tally update the final one and also we'll cross to america and have a chat with chris perkins it's 27 and a bit to six yeah nice to have your company it is 23 minutes to six we're going to cross to america in just a second but just away from sport uh for a moment some really sad news coming uh over the course of the last uh 20 or so minutes that uh, olivia newton john has passed away um at the age of 73 now uh, there's been a statement issued saying that Dame Olivia Newton-John uh, passed away peacefully at her ranch in Southern California this morning, surrounded by family and friends. We ask that everyone please respect the family's privacy during this very difficult time. Uh, Olivia has been a symbol of triumphs and hope for over 30 years, sharing her journey with breast cancer. Her healing, inspiration and pioneering experience with, the pla- with plant medicine continues with the Olivia Newton-John Foundation Fund dedicated for researching plant medicine and cancer. In lieu of flowers, the family asks that any donations to be made in her living memory uh, to the Olivia Newton-John Foundation. And that was from her husband, uh, John Easterling. So really, really sad news uh, in the world of entertainment and just generally uh, Olivia Newton-John passing away at the age of 73 and no doubt there'll be more on our news at 6am and right throughout the day uh, on STN and no doubt across a lot of uh, media organisations as well. Sad news, Olivia Newton-John passing away at the age of 73. It is a 22 minutes to six. Hard to sort of move away from that but we are going to now talk to Chris Perkins in America. Morning to you Chris. Well, good morning, and that is that's some hard news, sad news to wake up to this morning, Maria. Yeah, very, very sad. We know she's had her uh, battles with cancer for many, many years now, but, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. passed away uh, in the U.S. surrounded by family. So, yeah, really sad news there, and we'll uh, talk more about that throughout the day. Um, but, look, let's uh, move on to sport um, as hard as it may be, and uh, it doesn't really seem to matter as much anymore, but uh, there is a lot to talk about, and the NFL season getting a little bit closer, Chris. Yeah, we are one month from today, in fact. Uh, kickoff of the 2022 NFL season. The the traditional curtain raiser is the defending Super Bowl champions raising their banner. And it, this seriously, week one could be a Super Bowl preview. The first game out of the blocks, the uh, L.A. Rams defending champions against the Buffalo Bills, definitely could be a Super Bowl preview for 
for uh, come this uh, coming February because these those are two great teams that'll be taking a field a month from today. But we've we've had the first fake football game. Excuse me, I always say this preseason <laughs> game. Yes, um, in, in the NFL, I cannot stand the preseason. There, it's just there's you see you see the helmets, you see the uniforms. It looks like football, but most of the game is played by guys who are going to be making a paycheck in something other than football next month. Mm. So mm. It, I, I see no point to watch it. I don't even bother with it. But we did have the first one. Uh, the Raiders beat the Jaguars, in case anybody cares, uh, by 16 points. But it was the Hall of Fame game, and the important thing of the weekend was the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Eight Eight members, eight new members of the Hall of Fame uh, class of 2022 were inducted. Uh, six players, two, uh, one coach, and one referee was mm, referee. inducted into the Hall of Fame. In fact, yeah, Art McNally, the uh, the first referee inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, age of 97, mm. still alive. He wasn't at the ceremony, but he did watch it. And uh, he, he's basically the father of instant replay in, in terms of how it's used with officiating. Um, his, his belief was get the call right, use whatever tools necessary to get the call right on the field. And uh, he, he was instrumental in getting instant replay into the league. And, you know, it's a staple of, of the NFL and basically every sport out there um, to to make sure you get the calls right um, on the field. But he was an on-field official for nine years, became an officiating supervisor, and, and was a part of the NFL for uh, basically most of his adult life. Mm. Well, that's a, yeah. And, and another, yeah, sorry, uh, and another, yeah, and another one, a personal favorite of mine, Dick Vermeil, uh, head coach for three different teams, including the 1999 Super Bowl champion St. Louis Rams, uh, coached for a total of 15 years, coached the Philadelphia Eagles, the Rams, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the common denominator in all three of those stops is he took teams that had become a laughing stock and turned them into playoff contenders, Super Bowl contenders, and in one case, a Super Bowl champion. Mm, mm. Well, that's uh, all very, very interesting. I'm still trying to get over a referee being in the Hall of Fame. I don't know whether in the NRL here and probably the AFL, uh, I could be wrong, but I can't imagine a referee ever being in the Hall of Fame. Although, we do have had some very good entertaining referees along uh, the way. Hey, uh, uh, hey, sorry, go on. Yeah, Razor Ray would be one. Razor Ray in the AFL definitely would should should get in there. But actually, in our other three sports, yep. the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball, they've inducted multiple referees, multiple umpires okay. in, into their Hall of Fame. Okay, well, it's very, very... See, I could be wrong, but 0457 736 736. there any NRL referees in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I'd, I'd be very surprised. Uh, what's the latest on Deshaun Watson, man? Uh, kind of in a holding pattern right now. Uh, last week, he was... Uh, officially suspended by the independent uh, arbiter for six games, uh, which would be the first six games of the 2022 season. But, of course, uh, both sides had the right to appeal. Uh, the Players Association said, nah, we're good. We're good with six games. NFL said, hang on just a second. 
we 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 need to talk about this some more because the league wanted a year minimum. Mm. So officially, late last week, they filed the paperwork to appeal. Uh, it is the decision of Roger Goodell or his designee, and actually, he has designated a former state attorney general from New Jersey to hear the appeal. So again, we're kind of in a holding pattern right now in terms of who's going to be the starting quarterback at some point this season for the Cleveland Browns. Will it be Deshaun Watson? Will it be Jacoby Brissett? Will they sign somebody else uh, to bring in? Uh, we, we just don't know yet, and we don't know what's going to wind up happening with this appeal if, they, if the, uh, the uh, guy who's hearing of the designee decides, no, this suspension should be longer, this could wind up in federal court. And it'll take months to decide at that point. Yeah, it sounds like it could still be dragging on for a little while longer. I will talk baseball next week, mate. I just want to ask ask you, and I, I don't know, uh, your view of the Commonwealth Games, uh, did you catch any of them? I know we obviously you would have been listening to a lot of it on SEN, but uh, from an American point of view? Yeah, it's not something that's really on our radar. I think there was... Uh, like a highlights package shown every day on one of the one of NBC's less than one. I think like their NBC Olympic channel, which I don't have on my uh, my pay TV subscription service. Uh, so I didn't catch a whiff of it. I do want to <laughs> congratulate Australia. I see you won by two medals total. Yep, yep. Over England. Yes, in, in the In the medal count, so it, a a hearty congratulations to you. And it's never too early to start to start smack talk for the next Olympics. Let's see how y'all do when the big boys and girls from Team U.S. Yes, uh, we just lost Chris, unfortunately. There, <laughs> He's back now, I think. Uh, that our next Olympics in uh, Paris 2024. Chris, if you're still there, mate, thank you, and we'll chat again next week. Yeah, thanks a lot. I'll uh, be happy to. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Looking forward to uh, that. And, yes, uh, no doubt when we're talking in two years' time, Chris, uh, uh, you'll be very happy about uh, the way America is doing in Paris. Thank you. Chris Perkins does an outstanding job for us in America. Just on the Commonwealth Games as well, it's our Makita power play this morning, this season. Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. And Chris was 100% right. Australia on top with 178 medals total, 67 gold medals, 57 silver, and 54 bronze medals for a total of 178. The Kookaburra is getting the last of those gold medals overnight. England's second position with 57 gold medals, 66 silver, 53 bronze, 176 in total. And then we had Canada with 26 gold medals. India with 22 gold medals. Uh, New Zealand finishing fifth with 20 gold medals. And then Scotland uh, with 13 gold medals. So there you go. Big thank you to Chris. We'll chat to him again next week. This uh, text, hi, hi, Dan. Undoubtedly what Ricky Stewart did was very wrong from the point of view of the platform used and the attack on the player's childhood uh, which has mental health ramifications. What we don't know are the details of the seemingly deeply personal circumstances around the attack. Not saying that this should be made public, but without that transparency, hard to assess whether the suggested NRL penalty is reasonable or not. Yeah, fair text, fair text. We don't know uh, what happened uh, to cause this issue, but yeah, $20,000 fine it's looking like. 
um, and a one-week suspension for Ricky Stewart. Keep those text calls coming in 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Breakfast not too far away through SEN 1170 AM, Vossi and Brandy up after 6 AM and through SENQ 693 AM and also SEN 1620 AM Gold Coast. Do we pat and heels? We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Good to have your company. It's eight minutes to six o'clock. Breakfast not too far away. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Couple of texts here. Uh, yeah, on the sad news of Olivia Newton-John's passing. This one from the Oval Treatment. That was very sad news about Olivia Newton-John. Uh, we have lost two angelic voices in just a few days with Judith, uh, Judith Durham's passing as well. Yeah, uh, well said. And Chookman has said on the text line as well, rest in peace, Olivia. What a gem of a lady. We're losing too many good ones. That from the Chookman. Yeah, if you've just woken up and just put the radio on, some sad news overnight breaking over the last 40 or so minutes that uh, Livy Newton-John has died at the age of 73. Her husband has said in a statement, uh, they issued a statement saying that she passed away peacefully at her ranch in Southern California this morning, surrounded by family and friends. And they added, Olivia has been a symbol of triumph and hopes for over 30 years, sharing her journey with breast cancer. Her healing inspiration and pioneering experience with plant medicine continues with the Olivia Newton-John Foundation Fund dedicated to researching plant medicine and cancer. So, yes, some very sad news breaking overnight uh, that Olivia Newton-John has died at the age of 73. Um, well done to Nick Kyrgios. Uh, he has spoken of the serious strength it has taken him to push through the dark times that consumed him last year after winning a seventh career title in the City Open in Washington, D.C., uh, Kyrgios uh, won 6-4, 6-3 on Monday, uh, breaking his rival in the first game of each set and staying flawless on his own serve to remain unbroken for the tournament. The victory was Kyrgios' first title since he previously won in Washington in 2019. He said, I've been in some really dark places and just to be able to turn it around is remarkable. There are so many people who have helped me get there, but myself, I've shown some serious strength to just continue and persevere and get through all those times and be able to still perform and win tournaments like this one. It's just very emotional for me to see where I was last year to now. It's just an incredible transformation. And he is playing very good tennis. Made the final, as we know, of Wimbledon uh, earlier on, what, about a month or so ago. Um, and who knows what he can do at the US Open. Let's hope this new... And improved Nick Kyrgios keeps playing well because if he's in this kind of form coming into an Australian Open uh, in a few months' time at the start of next year, that could be very, very exciting for Australian tennis. And also, Cricket Australia uh, will work, work closely with governments about a reduction in virus isolation periods before the summer following COVID-positive uh, COVID Talia McGrath's stunning part in the Commonwealth Games final. Yeah, that was all very strange. She was sitting there in a mask and then was celebrating with the team. Uh, it remains unlikely a McGrath-type situation could play out on home soil because a CA is bound, Cricket Australia is bound to follow the advice of local authorities. However, there is a push to reduce the seven-day mandatory isolation period to five days before the 2020 World Cup in October. Uh, so let's uh, hope that does happen. The green light was given to McGrath and was in accordance with the local rules in the United Kingdom where you don't have to isolate. So interesting to see what happens with that over the course of the next uh, couple of months before that T20 World Cup and potentially uh, for the NRL and AFL final series as well. Thanks for your company today. Good to be back. Big thanks to Jonathan Geller. Big thanks to Chris Perkins. The breakfast shows are coming up next and I'll catch you back here tomorrow morning from 5am. News next and then it is the breakfast shows. Have a wonderful Tuesday.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.